Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Stranahan's. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, my and Andy's personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. And of course, with me as always is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how are you doing on this fine Saturday afternoon? I can't complain. I mean, I'm enjoying the weather we're having right now here in Cincinnati, uh, prepping for the Derby today. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's, it is. Um, we're very excited for the Kentucky Derby. We got some special content coming out at, at you that will actually drop before this podcast comes out. So uh, make sure you, if you haven't checked that out already, make sure you do go back and do that. Uh, but yeah, we've, uh, you know, a little competitive spirit with, uh, you know, some little yeah. athletics there in, in the sport rate and then the horse racing bourbon kentucky it's just it all it's all the stars are aligning for us andy we just have to this is a big day so uh yeah we're very we're very excited about it sitting here still enjoying the fun house search oh yeah Uh, i was actually doing one earlier today oh he's fun very nice house but we'll see yeah hopefully uh one of these next upcoming episodes we'll be talking about how you just bought a house hopefully you locked it down along with other special stuff Absolutely. So we're obviously very excited about this one. We're hitting up some Colorado whiskeys that we're really um, just ecstatic about getting our hands on and, and, and discussing with you guys. So Andy, without further ado, why don't we just dive right on in and tell the folks everything they need to know about Stranahan's American whiskey. Of course. So as John mentioned, we're doing uh, Stranahan's. It's another American whiskey out of Colorado, out of Denver, actually. Um, it's a sister company to one we did two weeks ago, Tin Cup. Yep. Um, actually, some of their single malt from Stranahan's goes into Tin Cup's uh, okay. blend. But this is kind of the higher top dollar uh, version, if you will, of it. And what kind of price tag are we talking about here? Uh, about $50.55. Gotcha. So uh, it definitely definitely pri- a little pricey. Yeah. For sure. A little pricey. I think it's worth it. Gotcha. Um, bit older than Tin Cup, of course. Uh, about a decade or so older. Uh, founded in 2004, uh, after volunteer firefighter Jeff Graber, who is the founder of both, um, responded actually to a barn fire on the namesake's uh, property, George Stranahan's property in Woody Creek, which is right about near Aspen in Snowmass, Colorado, which is, I want to say, like half an hour, 45 minutes outside of Denver. Okay. There. Um, and it was something that after he responded to that barn fire, they kind of formed a friendship there over um, a shared appreciation for both whiskey and the Colorado outdoors. And it reflects very much in uh, Stranahan's bottle as well as Tin Cup's bottle in both of them. They both have like that uh, metal lid yeah. type of situation, right? Yeah, both of them have a metal lid on it. Um, this one, actually, you can pour up to like two or three ounces in, as, oh, wow. whereas tin cups, you can only do like an ounce in. Gotcha. A bit shorter uh, on that bottle. But both share very much similar aesthetic in that regard. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's something, you know, of course, in their process, Stranahan's process, a lot, very consistent and straightforward since 2004. They're not really trying to go out and change the game and do anything huge. Um and be revolutionary other than with a lot of the whiskeys and bourbons that we've been talking about, you know, trying to use their natural surroundings in this case, Colorado, uh, to create a superb small batch American whiskey. And this one is actually unlike most American whiskeys. This one 
uh, similar to some of the balconas we actually had of like three to four weeks ago is a single malt whiskey, American whiskey, meaning it's a hundred percent. At least the one we're trying today is a sing- their single malt whiskey, gotcha. single malt, um, which means it's a hundred percent malted barley in the mash bill. Um, and of course that's exactly where the process begins for them. Blending that hundred percent malted barley mash bill, um, of which they use four different strains that are natively grown in Colorado, um, along with Colorado Rocky Mountain spring water to create the mash and distill it from there. Um, I'm sure that's a big thing that they, they harp on. They focus on that, type oh, yeah. of that water that they can use in that distilling, that distillation process. Yeah. But much like, you know, Kentucky does the same thing. Jack Daniels and most of Tennessee does the same thing. It's yeah. something that spring water is, what Coloradans can use. Yeah. Whereas and they know, love those Rocky mountains. Yeah. Oh yeah. They love it. That snow melt coming off of them. So it's just natural that they would do that. And of course, you know, uh, in the process, they continue to cut with that same spring water, um, which, you know, is then barreled for about two to five years, uh, out there in the Denver area. And after that, they barrel about, or they, blend from that about 10 to 20 different barrels at a time at least per their website about 10 to 20 different barrels um for the standard small batch single malt gotcha we almost forgot the most important yeah, part of the cheers. show cheers mm, very good yeah um, very good yeah exceptionally good uh of course as i said some of that distillate they end up keeping kind of on the side uh, because they end up, along with, I think it was MGP, we were saying, they'll, some of MGP's juice, they'll blend into what is Tin Cup, which is basically the cheaper, widely available, and accessible product for them. Gotcha. Um, essentially. And then each, bo- each batch is, um, they end up actually hand bottling by a rotating field of volunteers, uh, you know, who will come in for each of those specific batches to, at least in the bottling stage of it, to get it out into the market. Very good. Um, and this is, of course, because it's single malt, I think this is the only one, even though they do literally everything else exactly bourbon, you know, use the new charred American oak barrels everything this is the only american whiskey we've tried yet that does not fit that bourbon label because they used 100 percent malted barley oh wow and no other you know they don't use a 51 percent corn or anything else in that you, so there's no other whiskeys we've tried that cannot are not bourbons is that what you're saying that te- yeah that technically could not in some way, shape, or form, fit the bourbon label. Gotcha. Even if they like, even if they choose to not use it, like Tin Cup, they choose to not use it. I think Balcones chooses to not use it. Right. You know, Jack Daniels as another example, even though we haven't tr- gone over them yet, could technically use it, but gotcha. they choose not to because okay. of various different things. I know. I just know. I know Balcones has a single malt, but I don't know yeah. if that specific whiskey like qualifies or if that's can still be considered. Um, I would have to go back and you know re-up my knowledge on Balcones. I don't remember if uh, that one technically 
could be considered a bourbon or not. No. If it's not. a single malt, it wouldn't qualify. Gotcha. But this is, yeah. And this is the only brand that truly across the don't doesn't have a single bourbon. Yeah, they gotcha. don't have anything that could be classified a bourbon gotcha. because it doesn't have that corn in there. Right, okay. Um, and of course, at the end of the day, they end up, when they bottle it, they proof it down to 94 proof, which is about 47% alcohol by volume into those small batch um, bottles. And then they end up non-age stating it. Even though I think based on what they say, it's about two to five years old. Right. They kind of end up not really age stating it. It seems to be a trend that's more and more common these days, I feel like. Yeah. For the most part, I've started to see the trend being very, very common because it ends up being something that is just a lot. It's very tough to keep a lot of stock around. Right. Both between having to bottle a lot of product as well as losing some to, you know, Devil's Cut and Angel's share. Mm -hmm. It just, after a while, you're not going to end up with as much. Um, as I, as I mentioned, of course, we're trying the original single malt, small batch bourbon, uh, that's 94 proof. Um, but I mean, beyond that, they also have a couple different, uh, bourbons or, um, bottlings that they offer. So they have blue peak, which is a little bit lower proof, 86 proof. Um, and then the Solera cask finish it. Similar to like what wines do will do, or like what Blade and Bow, which we discussed several episodes ago, um, does, where like they'll have say, like they'll fill up with a twenty year old barrels, and then f- from some of those, you know, fill that that up with some of the fifteen, ten, so on. So you're kind of continually, all your bourbons will be the youngest, say five years old, um, while the oldest, it'll just continue to get older and be more complex there. And that's actually aged four years minimum. And then um, it's actually named for a 13,000 foot peak out in Aspen area. Very good. Nice. Um, and that, So there's a peak out in Aspen that's like Stranahan's Peak or something like that? It's it's named Blue Peak. Oh, is the peak I got out you, in Aspen. Gotcha. But they're choosing, Stranahan's is choosing to label this specific cellular cask finished bourbon after Blue Peak. Gotcha. Um. Of course, then Diamond, they have, the, a lot of their stuff is named after um, snow and peaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have Diamond Peak, again, another 94 proofer, and a, another small batch um, whiskey. But in, in this case, they actually blend from the most exqui- exquisite casks that they have on site. At least as tasted and deemed by them, their most exquisite casks. Yeah. Looks like that blue peak out in Aspen can definitely get that little, like a blue hue to it with the lightings right out there. Clocks in at 13,520 feet as the elevation. So <laughs> you better uh, be in good shape if you're going to be yeah, walking those peaks. Very good shape. <laughs> especially good if you're going to be. For, uh, Mount Everest. Right. Especially if you're going to be drinking blue peak while you're hiking that blue peak. You better yeah. really be in good shape. Yeah. Very uh, good. Real quick side note episode 24 of Distilled Discussions, Key to the Kingdom, if you want to check out that Blade and Blow, up, Blade and okay. Bow episode. Yeah. And that's where we discuss a bit more of the Solera cask aging process. Um, the only three others that they have uh, is actually then they do a sherry cask finished whiskey um it's a finished single malt i think they still do same mash bill same proof at 94 um and it's actually from they actually finish it in sherry casks from the andalusia region in spain um which basically is not only one of the most coveted sherry wine 
uh, regions in the world, but just one of the most coveted uh, wine regions in general in the world. Right. So you know, they're they're uh, competing a lot with various brands to try and get those barrels to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have their single barrel program, which is basically their private reserve program, uh, where they'll invite the most loyal accounts and customers out specifically to Stranahan's location to do all the tastings and then select the barrels that they want to do. Yeah. And then the last one that they actually have is their snowflake, um, which starts as a two year old single malt and then finished in various different barrels. You know, like they'll do wine, they'll do rum, tequila, sherry, cognac, uh, everything under the sun kind of seemingly there to try and do it. That yeah. gets barreled at least. Uh, and so they're trying to kind of, with that program, what they're trying to kind of do is they're trying to make each different batch that's available. And it's only available one day out of the year in December uh, at specifically at the distillery that you can get it. You know. So you have to show up and wait in line? Is that how it works? I don't know. I'd have, their website was kind of vague to me how they did it. Um, but okay. you have to kind of, you know, you have to be like a current, like a current customer or something. Maybe I don't know. I don't know exactly how it works. We could look that up. We'll have to look it up. Anyone yeah. out there has any information on it, of course, reach out to us. Yeah. I have to say, I love the facility out there in uh, Denver. It very much uh, has that Stranahan's vibe to it. Like, I feel like the building looks like the bottle almost in a way. Almost. Yeah. Um, and it's like a kind of like a warehouse, but very modern on the inside, very inviting. And, um, I, I just feel like this is a very, um, friendly brand that's just about bringing just quality whiskey to, to awesome people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So, uh, I think without, um, you know, I think if there's any, unless you have any other final thoughts on Stranahan's before we dive into the, the tastings, I think we're ready to, to fire it up here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to fire up for a tasting. Perfect. All right, folks, pour yourself a uh, glass of Stranahan's. Of course, we are going to be, like Andy said, we're going to be drinking, we are drinking the 100% malted barley uh, mash bill uh, whiskey. So that's what we would recommend you join in for the tastings. Um, otherwise, just make sure you have a some type of their, one of their mini brands that we discussed. And uh, we'll do the tastings here in a second. All right, folks, uh, now that we've got our glasses poured, we're going to go ahead and do the tasting. As always, we're going to start with the nose. So we'll go ahead and give that uh, that whiskey a smell. Very, very nice. I yeah. get a lot of the, like I get some breadiness that I typically get off a single malt in there. But it's like it's very, very like a like a rum cake type bread. Like it's a little bit of sweetness in there. Yeah, I'm getting like some type of baked, like baking spices. Like yeah, rum. yeah, I get what you're what you're saying. Yeah, it kind of like it kind of smells very, very warm. It's yeah. very warm and inviting. I really, it's really, it's a really nice scent. Yeah, I mean, well, and I think it's nice that they, it's strong that for even how much they proofed it down to only forty seven percent. Definitely, I'm uh, getting a little bit of vanilla. Like I'm getting a lot of just like anything that you would like throw into like a cake. Like cooking, like yeah, yeah that's what like I'm cooking like, very much delectable cooking ingredients or right. baking ingredients. Absolutely. All right, let's give it a taste here. Mm, interesting. Ooh. What are some notes you're getting, Andy? You know, this reminds me very much of like Balconis's. Um, their bourbons and everything that we tried. Yeah. You know, that month ago or so. Uh, on the, on the, palette but it's a lot more 
again, I think it's partially because it's proved down a little bit more than the palate cone is. Mm. It's far more inviting. Yeah, absolutely. On the palate, it's just it's not as in your face aggressive there. It's very, um, yeah, it's very unique. There's yeah. not a lot of whiskeys it really reminds me of. I think like it really kind of stands out on its yeah. own. Um, still getting a little bit of that vanilla and like some dry, some like darker fruit. Not yeah, as like much dried as this, cherries. Yeah, I'm not getting as, I'm not getting as much of the baking spices type um, deal um, with it in the t- in the in the palate. Raisiny a bit, but it, it's yeah. um and, and it has a long aftertaste. Very, I would say, very long. but it's not um, it's not, undi- it's not undesirable. I, I I'm someone yeah. who really aftertastes on whiskeys or really anything can really turn me off from them. So if it, and I typically like aftertaste that really fade away quickly. So with this, I think it is a definitely a high quality aftertaste yeah. considering oh, I'm so someone good. who's you know okay with it. Yeah. And I think you are getting a little bit of the, the the spices at the end there, but it really is you know just kind of uh, yeah. it just lingers with you a little bit. It's yeah. a linger. It, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's kind of but like, in a good way. Oh yeah, very much in a good way. It's like it hits you with those baking spices and bread on the nose. Then it's like it kind of fades on the palate when you drink it. Then into like vanilla and um those dark fruits as we were saying then kind of the dark fruits fade away into the vanilla and then you get those spices at the end absolutely that's how i very well balanced very complex i'm a big fan oh yeah very much Uh, if you're looking for an american whiskey a rocky mountain whiskey something just to mix it up a little bit single malt um and you can you know you're okay throwing 50 55 dollars go for it this is a great product i'm very very impressed yeah uh, all right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you get your podcasts. We're everywhere. You can't get rid of us. So subscribe, nope. leave a review, support the Distill Discussions movement because we got a lot of big things planned and we appreciate everyone's love and support. We even appreciate the haters. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.